Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Date Me or Hate Me, a podcast all about dating. And I want to say happy Thirsty Thursday, of course. It is prime Thirsty Thursday partaking hours. I did get started recording a little bit later than normal, so perfect time to unwind with a drink of your choice and listen to my voice. I'm also a rapper, bet you didn't know that. No, I'm totally kidding, obviously. But yeah, pour yourself something. It could be milk. I'm not here to judge you. I am not here to judge. Um, And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Just kind of a, a recap of my life and what's going on. I had some really great dates, actually. If you follow me on Instagram the podcast on Instagram, I should say, then you would see that I posted a few pictures from some of the dates. They were actually some of the best dates I've been on in a very long time. And I feel like they're going to be incredibly difficult to top. But you know, men need motivation sometimes, I guess. So there you go. I've already had a few people in my DMs like, I can beat that. We we might see. We might see. But no, they were really great. Definitely both of um, the ones that were posted are going to be podcast episodes one day. So I'm not going to go into too much detail about those because you'll be hopefully listening to those in the future. But yeah, it actually kind of brought me out of a funk that I was in as far as like my own personal dating. I like wasn't a funk for other reasons, but I also just didn't want to go on dates. And um, it just having like some really great dates just made me feel better about dating. But it also kind of did the opposite effect here afterwards because now I'm kind of like I went on such good dates that I am, might be bored with normal every other day dates so I haven't been wanting to date as much recently but you know I'm sure I'll get over that like my Toto wants to play right now (laughs) it's you know it's a mood swing I'm sure it's like that with everybody but anyway yeah so I have been like getting out there a little bit it's been complicated to some extent but not bad I am definitely enjoying it my birthday is in a few weeks, so going down to Miami to see one of my friends I haven't seen in a very long time, and I'm sure we're going to get in to some situations like we used to, and I'm very excited about that. And who knows, maybe there'll be some content made from that trip as well. Who's to say? But you will know as soon as I know, that's for sure. So yeah, nothing really too crazy besides some crazy in a good way dates. So I always have men asking me to, you know, like, oh, is it good or bad to be on the podcast? And like, honestly, it can go both ways. Like just because it's a podcast about dating, I don't want to have to tell dating horror, horror, horror stories for the rest of my life. Like, I would like to have nice things happen to me, as everyone else does. But, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times we remember the bad 
more than the good, but when they're really good, you obviously remember those too. It's usually, honestly, the mediocre ones that kind of fall by the wayside. The really good ones are remembered and the really bad ones are remembered. So guys asking how they get on the podcast, it's not by just messaging me on a dating app either because I know some of you are listening right now. So like do more than that. Like you're not that special. I'm sorry. Like I'm not trying to be mean. I am like, you know, peeing messing a little bit. So I apologize if I come off a little rude, but like you can't just assume you're going to be on something just because you exist and like you're in my, my matches. Like, no. So one surefire way to end up there is to plan good dates. Don't try to actively plan a bad date because that's just not going to go over well for you. But good dates mean even more than obviously the bad ones because the good dates obviously take you way further and you might actually get what you want, which hopefully is a relationship if you're on dating apps. But some people want other things. Totally fine. That's not me. So you won't get what you want there. But now that I've like rambled for five minutes and 22 seconds, let's get into this week's topic, which is toxic relationships. I hoped you guys love how dramatic that last part was. But toxic relationships can be dramatic and traumatic and life-altering. They can help you grow and heal. They can keep you stuck somewhere that you would never imagine being stuck. They come in all shapes and sizes. They are not just romantic relationships. They are also platonic. They're also with your family members. So it's something that I feel like everybody has at least dealt with a little bit in their lives in some way. Now, later we'll get into you know, how today's society has kind of highlighted toxic relationships. And sometimes, at least personally, I think we can be too quick to just be like, oh, that's toxic. Look at all these red flags. Granted, as someone who has been in a toxic relationship, I know some of the key markers of toxic relationships. But even I think that sometimes we're we're too quick to judge something as toxic and we're too quick to say, you know, all this stuff is red flags. And I'm going to do a whole nother episode on red flags because I have a lot to say about those two. So I'm not going to dive into that because I've already ranted in the intro. But toxic relationships are a real thing. They are real. Another real thing is that we all have toxic traits. We all do. Like, Everybody does. Nobody's perfect. I'm far from perfect. You're far from perfect. Nobody is perfect. But there are definitely relationships that are toxic. And you can tell that by all the factors that are involved in the relationship. Not one thing makes somebody toxic or a relationship toxic. Usually it's a combination of all these things mixed together and they're all happening at once and they're changing you and they're affecting you in such a way. That's how I see at least a toxic relationship. Because I mean, the guy that I was dating who cheated on me, 
that wasn't a toxic relationship until he did those things. He didn't manipulate me. He didn't do all these different things before that happened. Granted, maybe maybe he was to some extent without having to say anything to me because he wasn't very confrontational anyway. But I mean, he was, you know, going behind my back in order to be able to cheat. But besides that, I never would have like pegged him for doing something that he ended up doing. There was never any red flags that, you know, he was doing these things or he was going to do these things until, you know, it happened. And then boom, it happened and he was done then and there. Like no going back. He was cut off, yada, yada. Like no more chances. And that's how I've always been. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I like being able to easily detach from people. And the reason I knew I was in a toxic relationship, which I'll go into when I tell my story here soon in the next segment, I couldn't do that with my toxic relationship. And that's how I knew something was not right. As the girl who can easily, you know, detach deal with my emotions and move on from them and move on from the person who did me wrong, I knew that something was up when I couldn't move on from this person because that was so unlike me. And then when I started putting all the pieces together, I realized that I was in a toxic relationship. And even sometimes when I knew it, I was still doing things that I wouldn't normally do. And that's another indicator that you're involved in something that is just like changing you. That is just not how relationships should be. Even though you might feel these very intense feelings, that doesn't mean just because they're intense that they are what you should be feeling or that it's what you should be doing, who you should be dating. And that's not to say you can be in a relationship and have intense, like, happy feelings and it be actually good. You know, you have to look at the bigger picture. You can't just look at one, you know, oh, they didn't text me for two days. He's so toxic. Get him out of here. Like, no, like, people are busy. Like, just don't go straight to, like, oh, like, he, you know, did this one thing. He's so toxic, can't have him. No, it's a lot more goes into being an actual toxic relationship. And usually, you know. And from the responses that I got from the feedback, like, polls and stuff, you guys get where I'm coming from with that. So, like, you guys know what a toxic relationship is. Even though I sat here and (laughs) said it all hear my opinion but you guys know and you know how it affects you and hopefully my story and your guys's story if there's anyone out here who hasn't been in one or you know who's young enough that you still have so much life to live so many dates to go on maybe you can avoid being involved in a toxic relationship early on because noticing the actions and the characteristics of a toxic relationship and like a person being toxic is very important. So let's jump into my story 
and then we'll get to your guys' experience after. So this relationship kind of came up randomly for me. I was at this New Year's party and this guy comes in. I was hanging out with a bunch of my friends at the time and he supposedly like knew my friends in my friend group, but I just never seen him around and he wasn't my typical type, but I was attracted to him. I wanted to get to know him and I felt like it would be a good idea to kind of go for someone like him because I normally hadn't date dated men like that and the men I was dating it obviously wasn't really working out with them so I was like this could be really good you know everybody talks about you know getting out of your comfort zone and like that person ends up being the one and you know being friends first and it makes for you know lasting relationships so I was like wow yeah this could be something really really good and so I went for it And he went for it, obviously. We were, you know, different in some ways, but yet alike in other ways. It worked out really well. We liked spending time together. And it seemed really great. It seemed very promising. And so then it progressed to us officially dating. And now I'm not saying that these traits, these like toxic traits weren't there in the very beginning. Some people do tend to, you know, tone down things that aren't necessarily the best about them. It's just what we do. But I tend to try to not do that just because I know I don't want to surprise somebody. Like, I think a good way to kind of describe it is that, like, my sassiness can be a lot for some people. And I know deep down that I'm always going to have a little bit of sass in me. It's just it's just how I am. I'm trying to not be as sassy and to be less savage, I guess is a good way to describe it because I don't want to be mean and I know I can come off mean. My toxic trait, I guess, one of them. I'm not perfect. But like so where I was going with that is <laughs> that I like to be kind of upfront with the sassiness so people aren't like shocked by it a month in and they're like, whoa, you're like way sassier than I thought you were. Like maybe this isn't going to work or something if they're a little bit more not into the sass. I So I try to not tone things down so much that someone's going to be shocked by it later on and now we've wasted our time. But anyway, side trail thought. This always happens to me. I guess I'm like pretty aged. DD. Um, but yeah, so then things started getting a little rocky ish to put it lightly. Um, so I also had like a horrible toxic job at the same time that I had this relationship. So I was like depressed from that. And then like the situations that I was going through with him weren't you know, the best either. I felt drained of my, my positive energy. I feel like I'm a pretty positive person, but he was so negative and I get why he had such a negative view sometimes because he's been through a lot in his life and I do feel for him on that. And I do still would help him out with anything he needed like emotionally, but like as far as his like everyday outlook it was very negative and so 
even the amount of positivity that I tried to bring to the table would just get sucked out of me. And I left the situations feeling drained and like not myself. And I just, I couldn't, I know, like no amount of positivity was going to change this man's feelings. Like, no, it wasn't going to make him happier. And he would be happy in some instances, but most of the time it was like something negative that had to be followed up with something. Or, you know, I would say something and it had to be like, oh, well, I don't think that's like, right. Like, here's this. And then I would like try to defend my, my theory. And then it just still would be, but like, there's this. And it would be like anything. Like, I think one time we were talking about something he like didn't feel well or whatever. And I was like, well, maybe like take a, a vitamin if you like, you know, feel like you're deficient in this type of whatever, and it's causing you to feel fatigued or whatever. And he was like, well, vitamins like aren't proven to blah, 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 do anything. And I'm like, okay, well I get, okay, maybe you're right. Like, I'm not going to say I'm a hundred percent right, but what I am right about is that you need to do something about it. Like you can't just be sitting there like wallowing in pity and like, or like, I don't know, just like telling me how miserable you are and I'm trying to help you. And you're just like not taking into consideration everything I'm telling you. And it was like that with everything, with every single thing. Like he'd be like, I'm not happy with my job. And I'd be like, well, maybe, you know, you need to find something else. Or, you know, if you don't want to quit your job, but you're feeling like down in the dumps, like maybe you need to find something else to make you feel fulfilled outside of your job that can kind of make up for this unfulfillment in your job. And it was just like none, nothing I ever brought to the table was good enough for him ever. That's probably toxic realization of our relationship. Number one, it was always something. If it wasn't that instance I just mentioned, it was the instance that every disagreement, and I say disagreement with little air quotes, because it could be something super simple, and it would just turn into an argument in his eyes, if we weren't seeing eye to eye directly on it. Like, he would classify everything as like an argument, which I'm like, I'm just trying to talk to you at this point, like have a conversation. Like, not every conversation is going to be like, I agree with every single thing you say. But that doesn't make it an argument. Like, disagreeing does not make it an argument. Unless you're, like, yelling, like, you know, going in emotionally on each other. Which it would get to that point because he is now calling it an argument, which is causing an emotional reaction in me for being upset that he's thinking that this is an argument and now it's turning actually into an argument from there. So that was another thing too. Like it was just always an argument, even if it wasn't, it would get to that point because that's just how he saw it. And I mean, like, it's so true that like whatever your mindset is, is what you're going to project into the situation and what it's going to become. I mean, I've dated guys who are like, this is not going to work long-term. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to if you have that mindset like and if you genuinely believe that then you can leave now but like if you're just afraid it's not going to work long term and you're sitting here telling me it's not it's 100% not 
because you're already putting that out there and that's what you're going to get from the situation because you're putting it out there. You're convincing yourself it's not going to work. So he was convincing himself this was an argument and I'm being told I'm arguing when I'm just trying to have a conversation like I'm having with my phone right now to record this podcast and I'm being told I'm arguing. So those two things, I knew it wasn't good. But I was like, okay, maybe this is just like a little thing we're going through, whatever, which I'm sure is what also people say when they're in their own toxic relationships, you know, like, oh, maybe this is just happening for right now. Guys, if you have to say that, it's probably not. It's probably going to keep happening. Um, And especially if it's laced with other things, which we're we're still going here. So another thing that I realized was pretty toxic. Oh, Tata wants to come join the party. Come on. Um, to me, at least, was the way that I was being talked to as well. It I don't know how to, like, describe what I want to say. It was like being talked down to constantly. And honestly, I think this is something that I'm still pretty sensitive about. And, I mean, he would even, you know, manipulate me into thinking, like, oh, it's your own insecurity. And I'm sure it stems a little bit from that, but mostly from the things he would, like, say to me in order to make me feel lesser than him to make him feel better. I mean, I remember this was just like a small thing, but we were coming back from our trip and um, he was talking about the police officers or whatever in London. And I was like, oh, you mean a Bobby? And he was like, where did you learn that? He literally asked me, where did you learn that? And I was like, I have no idea. It's just like one of those random facts people know. And he was like, oh, well, good job. Like, glad you knew that. I'm like, if I don't feel like a freaking fourth grader who just like got an A on their like history lesson, like, like I said, I'm sure some of that comes from, I don't like being talked down to as like a woman that is intelligent. I don't like being talked down to. And that was just, like I said, one instance, but that type of talking to me constantly made me feel like I, like I was being rewarded for having like common sense or like basic knowledge or anything like that. And the way it was brought up, it just was very like, It made me feel gross. Like, I just, not like gross, but it just made me feel disgusted that, like, someone could talk to me in a way to try to make me feel a certain way to make them feel a certain way. Like, I had never been so verbally manipulated. And, you know, I couldn't ever demonstrate my feelings without them being wrong or without them being you know more of a negative effect on him like it was always like oh 
I'm telling him how I'm feeling. And then he comes back with like, well, do you know how that makes me feel that you feel that way? Are you kidding me? He at times was emotionally abusive. And I had said that. It wasn't all the time, but there were definitely times. And I won't go super into that, but I had said that at one point. And he literally comes back to me and says, I can't believe you would say that I emotionally abused you. Do you know how that makes me feel? Never like even being like, I'm sorry I made you feel this way. Because it was just no way that he would ever do those things. Toxic, toxic, toxic. Like that is like one of the surefire ways that someone is making your emotions into something about them. Like into into them like... Ah, man, I'm getting like so worked up about this, but like, just the audacity to not even be heard about how you're feeling and being told like straight, going straight to, do you know how you're, you being hurt by this makes me feel like, uh, hold up. We haven't even talked about how you actually hurt me and how it's fucked up. We're just going straight to like you're hurt that I'm hurt? Like, no, sir. I'm sorry. And then I think like one of the, I'm sure there's plenty more things that I'm missing, but like I said, kind of earlier, it's, it's all these different things in a relationship that makes it toxic. Like, yeah, if it was just one thing, it still could be toxic. It still could definitely be a toxic relationship, but having like all these layers of just horribleness, I mean, they were blinded by the really good parts, too. I mean, they were good parts. It wasn't like I was miserable, but I kind of was, but I also wasn't. Like, there was also a really deep connection, and we had so much in common, and he was, like, one of my really best friends, honestly. But all the toxic things began to outweigh all the good things unfortunately like I wish it didn't happen that way but it did um and then the last thing is just everything was so 50 50 like I am very much so about like equality like I want to do for you like you do for me like mutual respect being treated you know fairly like you know, that type of thing, but not to the literal extreme. And with him, it was the literal extreme 50, 50. He would make dinner at his house and then be like, so what are you making next time? I got a Excel spreadsheet sent to me of things I owed him from trips we took. Like it was just too much. Like I don't even do that stuff with my friends. We're not over here. Like here's my Excel spreadsheet of, you know, the drinks you bought for me at the bar or like I bought for you like pay up or, you know, like, hey, Tiffany, we made dinner at my house last time. So I think it's your turn. Like, hope you make something good. Like, no, that's it's it shouldn't be like that. And then I think I said that that was the last one. But one more I want to mention, which is really important, actually, because me and him were so off and on. Since we were off and on, we would see other people in between these off and on moments, which I knew, especially like now I knew I should never have gone back. But at, 
for some reason, I was stuck to this guy. And I guess it's because all the, like, mind manipulation that I had been through. The normal Nicole who would have just been like, yeah, bye. Like, I'm done with you. You did this to me. Like, I was disgusted with him after everything that I realized had happened. Especially some of the, like, recent things at the time that caused me to break up with him, I was like, I I don't ever want to see this person again. And I don't, I don't want to date him. I don't want to be romantically involved. Like I said, I'll always be there emotionally for him to some degree because that's just who I am. And I do care about him, but I, I didn't want to be with him. I didn't want to be with him like that. And for me to the still go back to this person after all he did, I, I just didn't understand because I've always been the girl to just, if you do me wrong, you're gone. The end, end of story. Yeah, I might be upset, but I'm not, like, I'm handling that on my own. I'm not going back to you. And I kept going back to him. I kept going back to him. So then after a few times of off and on, off and on, he had dated somebody else and he was like doing all these things for her all these things that he wouldn't do for me and I was just I asked him about it because I'm very you know I'm me so I was like why would you never do these things for me but you're doing these things for somebody that you're sitting here trying to tell me that you've never like you don't even care for them as much as you cared for me supposedly you know, like you're saying, oh, like you, you love me and you, you know, no one's going to compare to me or whatever, but you didn't even do these things. You didn't even go out of your way. Like you're going for these women that you've dated in the meantime for somebody you say you care so much about. And literally like his response was that I never made him feel loved to some extent, which, and he meant it more in like a physical, like affectionate way, which from the beginning, if I go on a date with you, you will be told I am not an affectionate person. Like I'm not like someone like go video my parents. They're not super affectionate. I'm not super affectionate. Anybody who knows me as like my friend knows I'm not affectionate. Any guy who's even been on a bunch of dates with me knows I'm not affectionate. Like, it's just not what I do. But I was affectionate with him because we were together more than I had been with anyone else. But it still wasn't, like, enough for him. He wanted me to literally, what he told me was to show him off and, like, you know, I get I get that, but that was him wanting this external validation from other people. And I get also that he cared a lot more about what other people thought than I do. And so that's why he wanted this external validation of me showing him off as like my man in order to give him this like ego boost. But I just, I'm not, I'm not that type of person. And I didn't feel that I wanted to like transform into somebody who did that. And I, that's what he wanted. He needs somebody to do that for him, I guess. But I didn't feel like that justified me being not given things in our relationship because of it. Especially if you're telling me you love me, you have these feelings and you're taking these 
these things away from me because of external validation, because of, like, like, the physical aspect of it. Like, no, I'm sorry. That doesn't add up. That doesn't make sense. So, yeah, those are all my little tidbits of of the toxic relationship that I had. Now, like I said, there were good parts. I don't want to go into this being like, oh, there wasn't, you know, anything good about this relationship. There was. Like, like I said, I think he's the first guy I ever dated who he was literally like my best friend. Like we started on that type of foundation and that really gave us a very intense connection he could come to me and talk to about whatever he needed to. I could do the same for him for the most part. And like we had some amazing memories together that I will never forget. And I also learned so much from being treated the way that he treated me. Granted, I I would have rather not have gone through it, but at least I have done like not done, but I've gone through it so I can better pick out relationships in the future. I can see the toxic traits a little bit better before getting so involved. And I know what I deserve and I'm not going to settle for that. And yeah, so I mean, I learned so much. I grew so much and the relationships I had afterwards with him or like after the relationships I had after him were totally different. So then when he would like hit me up and granted I hit him up a few times too. We all have our, we all have our things and I knew I shouldn't have. Trust me, I won't be making that choice anymore. I've learned my lesson, but I just knew that it wasn't for me anymore. And all those intense feelings that were attaching me to him finally were let go. All the chains broke free and I wasn't bound to him. I wasn't stuck in this cycle of toxic, like, love or whatever it even was. Like, I don't even know because it just so... I can't even talk today. I got this like really worked me up. I'm not going to lie because this is probably like the most intense, like emotional healing growth type of relationship I've been in besides the cheating one. This was it. And honestly, it's probably too because I dated the cheater was single for so long. And then this toxic relationship was my first relationship after the cheater. So that's also probably why. But I just learned so much from it and yeah, I'm just rambling at this point. So that was my story. That was my toxic relationship that I was in. So now let's get to your experiences. Okay. So the first question I asked you guys was, have you ever been in a toxic relationship? And 77% said yes and 23% said no, which I looked at the actual numbers. And so 27 people said yes and eight people said no. So, I mean, that's a large amount of people. And I think that's why I got such good and a lot of feedback on this topic because a lot of people have gone through it. 
in one way or another. And honestly, like a lot of what I feel like I talked about to some extent, I went more into detail, but the same type of traits we've all seen. And that's what creates the toxic relationship. So unfortunately, I was not surprised that a majority of people have been in a toxic relationship. The next question I asked was, why was the relationship toxic if you were in one? And normally I do say the initials of the responses, but for this episode, I'm not going to just because we're trying to focus on the topic at hand here. And it doesn't really have anything to do with the person. Plus, you're not going to know the person anyway by the initial. But you'll know if it's your response, if that's what you're here listening for. And I think it'll help hone in the actual message behind this this episode. Because as you can tell in the last segment, it is something that is very emotional and like touchy. And it's still I'm still like worked up thinking about it. So anyway, we're going to dive in. So the first one was the girl was overly controlling, was a pathological liar, a strong manipulator, among other things. Those are definitely, you know, toxic traits. Being super controlling, which we'll see in some other people's um, responses, is a toxic trait that you see a lot in toxic relationships. Me being somebody that is like me. I don't really like to listen unless like I realize deep down I need to be listening. Like I can be very stubborn, but like if someone tried to control me to the point where they were like, you can't, you know, go to the gym with your friend or like you can't go out with the girls on Saturday night. Mm, He would not make it far because that would be the last time me and him would have a conversation. But like I said, sometimes people like that reel you in. They don't act this way until you're so emotionally evolved, involved, not evolved, that you like you're kind of stuck. And now you're doing what they want you to do because you don't want to lose this person because you're so involved in them. And it makes it harder to just walk away. But if you can and you should, if you are with somebody who is trying to control you, especially keep you away from important people in your life, leave them. 100% leave them. Someone you love is not going to control who you talk to, what you do, what you wear, anything about your life. They might try to help you be a better person. They might help you try to live a better life. But they are not going to try to control you to make you somebody else or to make you do something that you don't want to do. There you go. And don't lie. And don't manipulate people, obviously, to go with the other things in that sentence that that person sent in. Next up, we have manipulation at its finest. I think manipulation is the easiest toxic trait to kind of point out a toxic relationship. If you're being manipulated into doing something and to the controlling behavior is manipulation. Emotional, you know, abuse is manipulation. Like so many things are manipulation and so many 
of those things you see in a toxic relationship. It's not normally just one. It can be just one, like I mentioned before. I want to hone it in. Like, it can be. But most of the time, it's like a bunch of layers of just toxic that is, like, weighing you down and keeping you in the cycle of toxic horribleness. Next up, we have cheating, lying about cheating, loss of communication. Cheating, obviously, is horrible. Some people do come back from it, but as someone who was cheated on, I guess props to you guys for being able to look past that. It would be insanely, insanely difficult, especially in, like, a marriage or after you have kids. Like, luckily, I didn't have those things, and it was still hard for me. I can't imagine, like, I feel like sometimes people just get stuck in their marriage especially after they've been cheated on because it's a marriage. But luckily, divorce is a little bit more acceptable these days than it was back in the day. So, like, if you got cheated on or you're in a toxic marriage or you got cheated on in your marriage or you got whatever in your marriage and you want to leave, honey, leave. Get that bread, get that, you know, the TikTok song, and leave, okay? Next up, um... We have, he was manipulative, controlling, but in micro ways that were given allowance, but then grew. So that's another thing too. If you're with somebody who's like a master manipulator, they're going to do it in like subtle ways. So you don't even know it's happening until you're just like doing whatever they want you to do without even realizing that you're doing something that's out of your norm that you wouldn't normally do if that makes sense that's kind of like crazy you know hard to focus on sentence I just said there but like honestly the best manipulators do it subtly so you don't even know what they're doing because obviously if they were blatant about it you're going to catch on you're going to realize you're being manipulated and you're going to try to leave them point blank that's what it is next we have emotionally and physically abusive and I want to say I am so sorry that you had to go through that like most toxic relationships are emotionally abusive anyway but being physically abused too like oh that's another thing that is making my blood literally boil right now like don't ever put your hands on somebody, especially a woman, like, mm, ugh, no, okay, yeah, I, I could go on with this, I'm just so sorry you had to deal with that, and I hope you never have to deal with that, and if that ever happens to you again, please call me directly, and I will be wherever I need to be in order to help you out of that situation, because if the rage that is inside of me is any indication, you will not have to worry about that person anymore. Moving on. Um... They said, losing myself, friends, feeling bad about my choices of work, my choice of work. And honestly, kind of like before with like the controlling and manipulating you, really toxic people and relationships are going to want to seclude you. They're going to want to get you away from your friends. They're going to want to get you away from your, your family or people close to you so that they are all you have. That is manipulation. They push and they make you push everyone else in your life away. So you are all they have. So it's harder to leave them. That's why they do it. 
That is why they do it. And I know you might not realize it at the time, but if you feel like you are pushing your friends away, you are pushing your family away, you are having to defend somebody's actions that like most people are telling you should not be defended, you're probably in a toxic relationship and you should probably listen to the people you love the most and let go of that person before you lose everyone else in your life. Granted, I can guarantee that those people will come back to you in good time. I mean, you can't, I did a podcast-ish about this. You can't hurt people and expect them to just come back and back time after time. But if they really love you, like your friends and family do, they will come back, regardless of what you put them through. If it's not anything totally insane, they will come back to you. But that is why your partner, your toxic partner does those things. They want to seclude you so that they are literally all you have and you do what they want you to do. That's why. Okay, moving on. I dated a compulsive liar and someone who would constantly put me down. Yeah, the compulsive lying is just... That, luckily, I didn't have in my toxic relationship and I cannot stand a liar like lying does way more harm than it does good and I know if my toxic relationship boyfriend ex-boyfriend obviously is listening to this and me saying that I'm a liar because I did lie to him about two things and I should have known when he asked me the questions that I lied about the two questions. I should have known the moment that he kept bothering me for these answers. Like would not let me not answer them. Even though I did not want to answer them. I should have known then that I was not in the right place. I was not in the right relationship. But I didn't. So I lied in order to not upset him. Because he was forcing me to answer questions I didn't want to and it wasn't the right thing to do I feel bad about lying even though my friends who I've talked to about this they keep telling me not to I do feel bad about lying because I pride myself on not lying and I did lie in those instances the only thing is that I did not want to answer those questions I should have never even answered them at all but because I cared about him because I was dating him I felt like I had to And even though he was my boyfriend and I was dating him, I didn't owe him anything. And I shouldn't have just, I shouldn't have answered at all. But I thought lying would be better than not. And it's, it's never good. So compulsive lying is definitely never good. If you're catching them in multiple, multiple lies, no, they're, it's time to kick them to the curb. So Granted, I'm out here with my, I told you, my two, my two lies that I lied about. But I owned up to them. And most people who actually know me know that I'm a very honest person. So that is my, like, lying guilt that I have from my toxic relationship (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Okay, next. We have you live too far. (laughs) Which this is actually the nice guy, the episode that the nice guy was based on. He literally thought that 
it was toxic that we lived too far. And I was like, no, that's not toxic. That is just like fate not lining up, I guess. So I I had to send him a DM about that, but it was too funny that he was like, you living too far is toxic. I'm like, boy, that is not, you do not understand. And then lastly, for this question, we have both of us were young and had our insecurities, but she was deeply mean and unkind. That's also another good indicator to some extent, maybe not of toxic behavior. I feel like people like this tend to be toxic, though, is that people who are genuinely unkind, not compassionate, like doesn't actually care about other people is usually a good indicator that something not good is coming. <laughs> um, one last little story from my toxic relationship was that we were talking about something, about like donating clothes and things like that. And he literally told me that he does not donate anything unless he can get a tax write-off. And I think he was kidding and he tried to act like he was kidding. But I knew deep down there was some truth to that. And that kind of scared me. I'm not going to lie. Like you can't even do something good for someone else without wanting to benefit or with it, without it having to benefit you, not even wanting, like he didn't want it to benefit him. It had to benefit him because he wanted a tax write off. Like I was just, it's still stuck in my mind, obviously. And so like people who can't even do something out of the kindness of their own heart to benefit other people, it's usually not not going to be the best, especially if you're somebody who is kind and who does care about other people, sometimes even over yourself. Like, that's just not going to be a good matchup. But, yeah. Next question we have. Do you think today we can be too quick to label relationships as toxic? And 74% said yes, which was 17 people. And 26% said no, which was six. So you guys are also kind of on the same page as me that you think sometimes we label things as toxic before we should. And now they definitely still can be toxic in some way, but a toxic relationship involves a lot. It involves these actions that are causing these reactions. And, you know, just because we don't like the way that Jeff, you know, cuts his toenails and leaves them on the floor like that's not toxic like that's just disgusting but you know I think labeling things that aren't toxic is also not not good for us either because then we're just you know so close to dismissing something way too soon because we think they have this toxic trait and we're taught you know oh, they're toxic, get away from them. Like, yeah, if they actually are toxic, if they are controlling, if they are manipulative, if they are lying all the time, if they are, you know, abusing you emotionally and physically and or, you know, kind of thing, if they are, you know, causing people to, or causing you to isolate yourself from people, like, that is toxic, that is concerning behavior. Leaving your disgusting toenails on the floor or him not texting you back fast enough or yada yada, little things like that are not toxic. They're just gross and or inconvenient for you. So 
There is a difference. If you ever need to know the difference from an outside perspective, DM me. I will, I will give you my honest opinion. So there's that. And let's see this question. I loved the responses to this question. And it's sad that these responses really tell you the people who were in the toxic relationships. Like you guys really know what a toxic relationship is because you've been through it. And you can tell by your responses to this question. And the question was, what did your toxic relationship teach you? And the first one is how to set boundaries and stand up for myself. Amazing. Love it. Like, honestly, this is something that I learned in my friendships from toxic friendships recently too. Like having boundaries. I feel like I let women, like my my friends, my friendships get away with more than I let men get away with, honestly. But most women are kind of the opposite. They're quicker to cut off like a friend than they are a man. But yeah, I mean, that that is definitely something that will keep you from having as many toxic relationships in the future. So very proud of you. The next one is, even if you still really like them, you need to cut your losses if they obviously lost interest or love for you. And I think this kind of goes back to like, I don't even know if it's really liking them. Cause like I said, like, I mean, you do, you have good, you have good parts in a relationship or you wouldn't stay in it at all. If it was all bad, you wouldn't stay in it. If it was all toxic, unless you're being super like mind controlled, you have no one in your life cause they pushed everyone away and yeah, maybe, maybe, but there has to be some good parts. So I think you hold on to those good parts and overlook the bad parts. But, you know, at the end of the day, I would say even if you really like them, you need to take a step back and look at what is really going on. Even if you love them. Even if you love them, you need to realize what they're doing to you and who that is turning you into and let them go. Because I guarantee you, the second you let go of a toxic relationship, it's like a breath of fresh air. I mean, when I quit my toxic job that I was in that was making me depressed 24-7, I was a new person the next day I woke up and never had to walk in that building again. And when you don't have a toxic relationship like dragging you down, it's almost like you're a totally different person. Like you have this new life. You have this new love for life because you were kind of down in the dumps. You like might not have been as happy as you usually are. I know I wasn't. And then the second I was kind of free from that, I was upset because I loved this person or at least I thought I did or I think I did. But the toxic is just clouding my brain right now and I'm just on on overdrive here. But no, like you just you get clarity. You're upset, but you have this clarity and you're like, wow, I feel totally different not being, you know, talked down to all the time or not being like all my positivity sucked out of me by this negative energy. Like you're just, you just feel different. Next we have, they learned not to settle. 
or confuse toxicity with love. And I think maybe reading this response is what has confused me now. Um, But then she also said, if they care for you, they will not treat you that way. I feel like this one I related to the most. I don't think I was settling because obviously I got out and she did too. Did I confuse toxic the toxicity with love? I really don't know. I don't really know if it was love or lust or what it was now looking back. He meant something to me. I cared a lot about him. But it was just so much going on that now looking back, I have no idea. And then the, if they care for you, they will not want to treat you that way. That kind of goes back to, you know, if he cared for me the way he said, why is he going out of his way to do all the things that he never did for me type of thing? So this one kind of hit home for me. Um, the next one is what they learned what love is and isn't and how to stop glazing over red flags because you like somebody. That's very true too. Like, I mean, we will let things slide for someone that we are very into. And that could be somebody that we're blinded by looks with or someone that has like made us, you know, kind of look over their red flags by manipulating us or controlling us. So this was also a great response. Next one is always pay attention to the red flags. They were bad, which I had to edit from day one. I mean, that's true, but kind of like we talked about, a lot of people don't show all their cards when they first meet somebody and they're not going to act, you know, a hundred percent of who they are when they're first meeting somebody. Cause you never even know if you're going to get another date with this person. You never know if you're going to go on three dates and then never talk to each other again. Like, so not everybody is going to be, you know, showing everything they have right off the bat. Like I said, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty real off the bat, but even I'm not going into a date like, Hey, I'm really sassy. Like hope you can handle that. You want to see how, and then just like roasting them. But I mean, I think sometimes it's easier for them. And if they are toxic and they know how to manipulate people, they're gonna hide the red flags and the manipulation and do it in a subtle way so you don't even know what's happening. So you got to be careful with that. Next is they learn not to give too much. Once you break up, you have nothing for yourself. And this was the same person that talked about, you know, losing their self and friends and, you know, being isolated almost. Kind of like I mentioned back when we talked about that just realize I think you need to start realizing when you're pushing people away that you love and care about for somebody new and that you maybe don't even really know 100% you have to kind of sit and think like why is this happening I wouldn't normally do this like I wouldn't push my friends away I wouldn't push my family away I wouldn't be sticking up for somebody that I don't know as well to people I've known my whole life you have to you know take that into consideration and now That's not to say that, like, if your parents hate somebody, that they're horrible people, or if your friends hate somebody, that they're horrible people, but if multiple friends hate them for the same-ish reasons, or, like, your whole family hates them and they're giving you the same reasons, maybe they're seeing something that you're not seeing, and 
you kind of need to go and evaluate that a little bit because they can kind of help pull you out of that before you push them away to a point where it's going to be harder for them to do that because you've pushed them away. Next up is they learned warning signs to look for early on when dating. I think that is something that we do get from being in toxic relationships is that we, you know, have these things that we now cautiously look for because we don't want to be involved in another toxic relationship. Now, I have said, you know, don't kick somebody to the curb just for one little thing. But, you know, now if someone's talking down to me a lot or like blatantly or, you know, they are like trying to tell me that we're arguing when we're just having a conversation, that's going to cause, you know, like red flags, little ding in my head, like, oh, I've been here before and I don't think I want to go back down this road. It didn't end very well for me. And it doesn't have to be the exact red flags. I mean, it could be anything that we've talked about. If I feel like someone's trying to manipulate me, little cues in my head are going to be like, hey, you might want to watch out for this person because it could end up a toxic relationship. Next we have, if you're truly happy together, then each other's pasts won't be a problem and it won't matter. And I love this one because the two questions I mentioned earlier that I lied to, to my toxic ex-boyfriend were things about my past that had nothing to do with him that he needed to know in his own mind. Even when I told him knowing this information would benefit him in zero way, he never gave up, needed to know just to hurt his own feelings. And, you know, the person that you are going to be with and should be with is going to accept you for who you are, even through your mistakes. They're not going to pressure you into saying something you don't want to say. They're going to love you regardless of what you've been through. And that is what matters. Like that. And that's what you're saying. Like if you're, you know, with somebody you're really supposed to be with, they're not going to judge you. They're not going to try to change you and manipulate you. And they're going to accept you for who you are. And I freaking love that. Maybe my favorite response out of all of these, to be honest, And then the last one says, my toxic relationship taught me to set boundaries and never let another define my view of myself and self-love. Also love that one a lot too. We've kind of, you know, hit on definitely the boundaries things. Like I definitely think toxic relationships teach you to, you know, set boundaries that you might not have had before or set them for the first time. So that you protect yourself from energies like that in the future. And so to wrap up your guys' experience, I have a few people who sent in kind of the other type of like feedback on the toxic relationships. Okay, so I got cut off on that last part. I apologize. But there are a few people who sent in some feedback. So this is the first one. I think there's toxic relationships that are toxic on one side, like the man or the woman, and then there's just toxic together type of relationships, but otherwise they're good people separately. I also think we can be toxic to ourselves in relationships. For example, I almost always, especially when I was younger, 
would give up anything and everything for my boyfriends, and they would never encourage me to grow outside of the relationship. Once the breakup happened, it's like I had no idea who I even was anymore. And I mean, I think you're right. I think some people just don't work together. Like when they come together as two people to become a, you know, couple. Um, and that, you know, sometimes there is just one or the other. But like I said, we all have our toxic traits. Like everyone does. And, you know, some more than others because maybe they haven't grown out of them or involved to be, you know, better people. Or maybe, you know, when someone is with somebody, they bring out the more toxic traits in that person. Maybe that's it. You know, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, but like I said, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. I wasn't perfect in my toxic relationship, but I had never been with someone who had treated me that way. And I don't plan to be again. That's all I got to say. But as far as, you know, your boyfriends giving them everything, especially when you were younger and then kind of coming out with like nothing or not knowing who you even were. I mean, that could be you being manipulated back then. And you know, I have friends who have dated guys like that and have, you know, ruined a lot of things for a guy who's not, you know, providing them any real benefit or, you know, helping them work through things or growing. And they're just kind of stuck with these dudes who, I'm not going to lie, kind of suck and treat them like garbage. But you know, they're comfortable and they don't want to, you know, realize that they've been doing all the work the whole time and that this person is just kind of like benefiting from the woman giving him everything he wants and he hasn't had to do anything at all. So of course he's going to stay there and, you know, reap all the benefits. But even then, you know, men can still not be happy with that. And end up, you know, thinking like there's better things out there. But I mean, he will realize that if he leaves a woman that is doing all these things for him when he doesn't even deserve them, he's never going to find better than that. But she deserves better. But that's a whole nother topic. As you can tell, I like to go on my tangents. Next up, we have... A message saying, I'm not sure if this is considered a toxic relationship. It was actually a positive one. But this trait or behavior can be. When you and your ex go on and off knowing that both have their expectations and the relationship hasn't changed, being comfortable can hurt more than help if neither has grown as individuals. You are so right. Kind of like I mentioned before, I was going back to somebody who I knew I shouldn't have been going back to. Like, point blank I knew it but I couldn't stop doing it like it was like you mentioned comfortable like I already knew what was going to happen even though he treated me ways that I didn't want to be treated and like would never allow somebody to normally treat me that way it's just you get stuck in a cycle that's why I call it a cycle it's this like toxic cycle until you finally break the circle and you can't go round and round anymore because you've broken the circle only then you 
you're able to get out of it. Because otherwise, if you're not strong enough to pull yourself out of it, you'll get stuck. And you could potentially get stuck enough to get married to somebody like that, to have kids with someone like that, and then you're just miserable your entire rest of your life if you let it. So like I said, if anyone ever needs encouragement to like help get out of a toxic cycle, hit me up. Like we can talk about it. We can talk about ways to help you get out of it. Like I'm here and I've been there. And then lastly, the last little bit of feedback is if it's toxic, it's toxic. There's a lot of signs that we can tell early. Yeah, there are signs, but if you've never been in a toxic relationship, and that's why I said, hopefully, if you haven't been in one, hearing this can kind of keep you from ever being in one. And, you know, you'll know what's going on. You'll see the signs of you being manipulated or controlling or catching them in a bunch of lies. You know, those are usually good indicators that you should probably jump ship now before it's too late. Um, but you know, some people also don't, don't realize, and you know, they want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I can definitely be a person like that too. Um, sometimes to my own fault, but I am a big girl. I can handle my hardships and, you know, I've definitely learned a lot as well. Definitely learned the most coming out of a toxic relationship. I'm not going to lie. Like the cheating, Like, I just never am going to tolerate cheating. I know that. I've, I've known that from the beginning, and now I just actually know that. But the toxic stuff, like, I know I don't want to be talked down to. I know I don't want somebody who's going to go tit for tat on every single thing in life. That's exhausting. Like, I don't, I don't want somebody who's going to suck all the positive energy out of me constantly. That's exhausting. Like, I don't want somebody who can't communicate effectively with me. That's exhausting. So I've definitely learned a lot. It seems like you guys have also learned so much from your own experiences. And I hope that this episode helps somebody, heck, if they're even in a relationship right now that they think is toxic and they need to get out. So I won't blabber on anymore because I've already like went on a tangent. This is actually going to be a pretty long episode, but I hope you guys enjoyed it and I hope you guys learned from it. Sounds like you guys have already learned some very valuable lessons yourself and I appreciate all your feedback as always and for listening and I will see you next Thirsty Thursday.